everyone, and welcome back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of Goombastomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Dax, and joining us, we have games editor Mark Kalaroff. I don't have an opening this week. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's, listen, they're not, they're not all winners. Uh, and with us, with what will surely be an, an incredible opener uh, opening segue, is indie games editor Campbell Gill. Uh, I don't know what to do under the pressure now. Normally I can just play off of what Mark said, but now I'm just, all the pressure's on me. I don't have anything prepared now. Listen, you know what else buckles under pressure is the Ooh. cloud version of Guardians of the Galaxy on Nintendo Switch. Damn right it does. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we thought it might be fun to talk about some stuff that we mentioned last week during our last podcast that we sort of followed up on today. Uh, for mm-hmm. example, last week it was announced, not announced, but last week there was a trailer and then the launch of Pikmin Bloom. And so both Mark and I... Campbell, did you play any of it? I did not, unfortunately. Haven't gotten around to it yet. So, 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 yep. so Mark and I play a little bit of that. Mark has an impressions piece up on the website. And Campbell mm-hmm. and I also played through the demo. Did not purchase, but played through the demo of the cloud version of Guardians of the Galaxy on Switch. What do we want to start with, gentlemen? Do we want to rant or do we want to have a nice, relaxing conversation? Posi- positivity first. Let's sandwich positivity it. Positivity first. Got a positive segment next. If you insist. That's, yeah, we got a sandwich. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So, uh, Mark, let's talk a little bit about Pikmin Bloom. Uh, we, you have an impressions piece up on the website, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I I just took a little afternoon walk myself today and downloaded this app to to kind of get get a little taste of it. But it, it seems like you put a little more time into it over the weekend. Yeah, I definitely, I'm at like 30,000 plus steps. I'm like a level 13 or something like oh, wow. that. Yeah, so Pikmin Bloom, I thought it was going to be like a game. I didn't realize that it was I just an it was application. It is, it is, yeah, we should say, not a game, not really. It's it's more like a steps counter. <laughs> mm-hmm. With a, with the it's teeniest... literally a pedometer. Like, I don't want to say it's, a, it's like a glorified pedometer, but... Oh, I do. It, it's literally a pedometer. It literally is. But yeah, like a there's good, nothing, nothing like wrong a good with one, that. it's like well made. Yeah, there's nothing yeah, wrong no, with it. It's, it's just an application uh, to get you to walk, I guess, and that's exactly. It. And there's, there's, nothing there's else to minor it. minor incentives, minor incentives. It, it gives you gives you badges, mm-hmm. as Mark just mentioned. Get to grow you get Pikmin. Le- you, you get to grow Pikmin. You can level up. Uh, this, mm-hmm. I think the I think the draw is is probably what would you even say the draw is? I guess it's the the incentive to go take a walk, right? It's like. Pokemon Go, yeah, the, the draw, so. the draw is very clear. You're, you're trying to catch new Pokemon. You're trying to take over, you know, different locations and be the the strongest trainer. This one, I guess, the draw would be to have a large amount of Pikmin. I guess right? so. There's like right? Pikmin with different hats and stuff that you can find, but it's like, yeah. I mean, this is it's a really tough game to. It's not a game. It's an application, but right. it's a really tough application to just kind of. I, well, first of all, up on the website, we, you know, I published a first impressions piece just talking about what I thought about the game. Because right. I'm not even going to say, or game app, I should say the right terminology. Listen, we can call it, we can but, call it a game. We can call it a game. Everybody knows well, what we're it's talking really, about. Well, it's really, there's nothing, yeah, everyone knows what we're talking about. But it's really not a game. It's really just an application used sure. for walking. It's a pedometer with some Pikmin features and some, like, right. social stuff, like postcards you could send with pictures and... Stuff like that. There is some augmented reality stuff, which is cool, where you can, you know, put Pikmin in real world locations. That's always nice. But yeah, there's nothing. There's no like battling. There's no like collecting objects or yeah, you're trying I, I to assumed, build a rocket or I assume like this that. game. I assume that this game would be 
uh, kind of like Pokemon Go or like the, the Harry Potter Wizards Unite sort of thing, that there mm-hmm. would be a much yeah. heavier a- AR element. And there's kind of not. Um, like Yeah, it's I, also, I, it's hard to judge because it's, you know, everything that released on the App Store nowadays is just unfinished. It's sad to say. Sure, but, yeah. You know, what launch is finished? Like, look at Pokemon Go today versus when it first came out. Completely, di- It didn't even have Battling when it first came out. It's a completely mm-hmm. different game now. So I, I'm interested to see where this will go in the future. It's There's nothing wrong with it. There's, like, nothing no, no, bad no, no, about no. it. But it's just a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a little incentive thing to help get you to walk. And there's nothing wrong with that. It just... I feel like they've, or people have kind of, you know, they thought it was like a game, or at least when it was announced, they sort of announced it as like being a game, but it's not. It's just an application. Yeah, I, I do. I, I agree with you in, in that regard. I think they, I mean, again, the, the, if you watch the launch trailer, it, it doesn't it doesn't do a great job of telling you what this thing is or maybe it does yeah it does maybe, maybe maybe it does because all the launch trailer does is show people walking around and kind of like smiling and having a nice time mm-hmm. which is sort of what you do with uh, with Pikmin Bloom um uh, yeah it's 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 cute i guess i i think i was expecting mm-hmm. as as you mentioned i think i was expecting more a, a little game. bit more more of a game mm-hmm. but as it stands it's like nope you're you're walking around the more steps you take the more the faster you're your little Pikmin plant Pikmin, yeah. uh, bloom mm-hmm. exactly, and uh, the more you know, the more petals you can earn, which is kind of like the mm-hmm. in-game currency. I, honestly, the currency is kind of confusing to me. You can you get petals, but you can also get coins. You can use the coins to purchase petals other stuff. Other stuff. Right? It's, but I it's feel like there's strange. like an unlimited supply. It is. It's really strange yeah. and honestly has like no. Per- like I want to know who purchased it so far. Like, right. <laughs> I don't know who would have purchased it. If you're walking then you're going to get everything that you would buy from the purchases. So, I don't know. Right. Oh, you're saying who, who spent There's money really in, like this, no in this per- thing? Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, literally. Yeah. Like, who? <laughs> I, I have no I, idea. I, can't, yeah. you know, I don't know who would spend money. Maybe just a walking no enthusiast. I'm sure that <laughs> yeah. one of those exists out there. Not me. I, <laughs> Campbell's like, never, never walking. <laughs> That's very funny. Um, I think it's, it's maybe worth mentioning that Niantic did... They decided to shut down the Harry Potter version. Uh, Wizards yes. Unite. That's that's going to be that's going to be closed down. So it does make me kind of wonder about like, well, how much support is this going to get? I guess it depends mm-hmm. how many people are buying stuff from it. I mean, apparently yeah, we'll it just has to, to it. it just has to measure up against that Harry Potter game, which presumably consider considering that I didn't even know that game existed until the announcement today that it was getting shut down. That's not a very low bar to clear. <laughs> now, <laughs> it's very true. At the same time, it's very interesting to hear you guys describe it as more of a service than a game because it reminds me of Nintendo's first effort in the mobile space, which is mm-hmm. Mitomo. A mm-hmm. service, and if you don't rec- recognize Mitomo, then that shows how well it turned out, right? It's not even on the App Store anymore, so it's I quite was, bold for Nintendo I, to return to really that. I was really thinking about that. That was a, I was thinking the exact same thing when I was writing the article, and I didn't mention it anywhere in it. But Mitomo was literally an app with. I don't know, like what the purpose of Mitomo still was. It was after the, the weirdest time thing. Into it, yeah, like you know? it, it was basically trying to be another social networking app, but like it was completely mm-hmm. pointless considering that Twitter, Facebook, all these other messaging apps exist. It was just a far yeah. more limited version of that. Whereas, like, do you like fishing? Me too. You know, it was very <laughs> limited in that sense. Yeah. I didn't really get the point. 
Well, there you go. So, yeah, so to sum this up, I don't know that I super get the point of Pikmin Bloom. It's sweet. But it's not poorly made or anything. It's not poorly made. You know? No, like the design is great. The music is cute. Like, I, you know, it's kind of nice to just take a little walk in the afternoon and have some cute music playing and look down on my little screen and see my Pikmin follow me around. Like, that was kind of cool. I guess we'll have to kind of stick with it over the next couple of weeks and months. To yeah, see, and see what they add. Yeah. See what they add or don't add. And I guess we'll follow back up with that. But uh, to to follow up ourselves on a conversation we had last week, so I've been fortunate enough to be playing two versions of Guardians of the Galaxy this last week. The uh, PlayStation 5 version, and then this afternoon, dipped into the demo for the cloud version. One of them is a visual extravaganza with incredible music, well-written characters, and fun action. And one of them is a jaggy mess that stutters and stops and uh, doesn't recognize buttons when you press them. Can you guess which one is which? You're clearly talking about the PS5 version for the last bit, right? Because we Sadly, all know that Nintendo it's, it's is much better than Sony. Oh boy. Yeah, it's uh, it's rough stuff, man. So we, yeah. we left off last week. Mark was really high having reviewed Guardians for the site on mm-hmm. on that game. And I gotta say, it's, it's, a, it's a great game. I'm really enjoying my time with it so far. But we both kind of, or all three of us, I should say, ended the podcast last week being like, oh boy, I hope the cloud version can can hold up at least somewhat to the, you know, more more stable next generation, you know, or not even next generation, but the more stable PlayStation 5 and, and Xbox versions. And uh, so far, it does not seem like that is the case. Uh, Campbell, what, do you, what did you think it's about this thing? Really a shame. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. I was just so, so like... I was I, my spirit felt beaten down as I was playing it because mm. I've I'm not a big fan of game streaming, right? Cloud gaming. I think that it could be the future of gaming, but at this point, it's being pushed way too much, and the technology and the the infrastructure just isn't there for most people. You know, the internet speed. You know, you don't have it to to handle these super high powered, graphically intense games. And from the trailers, from the little gameplay I'd seen, Guardians look great on Switch, but you you mm. hold it in your hands. It was just so, so disheartening to play through it because the resolution was so low. So many textures were so muddy. There was a lag all the time. I would push the control stick forward and there would be like literally a one second delay before the Star-Lord would move forward, right? Combat was nearly unbearable because of the sheer lag and slowdown. Random graphical elements would pixelate for me. Things would stutter. There was like one cutscene where Rocket was talking and his lips were moving, but no audio was coming out. And the Mm -hmm. audio would come like a second or two later. So it was just full of disorienting moments like that. I was just so disappointed because we've had cloud games on Switch before. You know, none of them are great, but there's definitely been some better than others. I was hoping at this point that maybe there would be some sort of solution. Maybe things would be getting better by now because we've had Hitman, because we've had like Resident Evil and Assassin's Creed. You know, maybe maybe these games would be better now, but they're because, not. Because Nintendo just announced a price hike to their Nintendo Switch Online service. You know, just... I know, right? I mean, that <laughs> Well, Cameron, you played um, Control earlier this I, year. I, I, I mean, I, to, to be clear, I did not beat the whole game of Control. I only but you played did the play trial. Like, the demo. Yeah. I played, I played the, the demo too, through. yeah. And I, I feel like Control ran a little better 
Yeah. But I, I, but again, this is this is this is like eight months ago, so who knows? Yeah, but mm-hmm. I don't remember any of that same level of lag. But then again, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. section that the demo of Control played through was like the opening level where you're just going through a hallway. It's yes, very yes. quiet, very slow. Whereas this section put you straight into a combat section and lots of environmental effects going on. So it's really a different mm-hmm. comparison, I think. Yeah, it's. Uh... I don't know. It's it's hard to say. It's certainly disappointing. Yeah, especially because, um, like, I would love for this kind of game to be on Switch, this big adventure game. But I also oh, yeah. know that these graphics would not be possible on the platform. It would blow up. So it's really <laughs> unfortunate that we're at this stage where the only way to get these games that otherwise would be perfect on Switch just would not would not work in a way that's truly playable. The only alternative I can think of is like how like Square Enix has done pocket versions of games where they like redo the graphics and make it like yeah. a mobile game. Maybe that could work, but I know that's far from sustainable for most well, developers. And, and I think in, in, in the in the case of this particular game, that kind of flies in the face of what they're trying to do. Truly, like they're trying yeah. to make like a huge cosmic adventure and to dilute it would, would take away from, you know, from what they're going for. It's grand scale <laughs> and cinematic. Direction. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And it's exactly. such a scary, because um, Kingdom Hearts is coming up, and it's like... Oh, right. And that's... That's... <laughs> that's a fast-paced oh, RPG action game. Oh, man. I forgot about that. Wow. If they're all cloud, like, how the heck is the PS2 one gonna run on Switch? I should you know? also well, add that this is... Yeah. That Kingdom Hearts is coming from Square Enix. This cloud version of Guardians of the Galaxy, the Galaxy, also Square, Square Enix. Enix. Ooh, yes. So... Yeah. But I'm so not Hitman, hopeful. and they said Hitman was fine. Hitman had good reviews when it came out. Well, you clearly read different reviews than me. Um, I read a lot <laughs> well, of negative uh, reviews uh, of that one. <laughs> but um, wow, you know, it sparked, what sparked this conversation is Nintendo Life put out a review for Guardians on Switch, and I was expecting them to, you know, I was expecting. I hate review scores, but I was like, oh, it's going to be like sure. a seven or an eight, knowing them. And I go into it and I see a 4 out of 10, and I see all this praise for the game itself, but then they start talking about how it runs on the Switch, and they talk about how of a big of a disaster it was. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that it, it just runs this poorly. Yeah. I mean... I mean, it's like no one tested this. Honestly, I mean, it really raises a great question where it's like, when is it actually worth trying to bring the game to Switch? Because clearly this would be a great game to play on it. But in this state, it compromises all the things that make Guardians so great. It compromises that grandeur, that adventure, that scale, the fast-paced action. All of that is lost underneath the bl- the blurry streaming quality and the lag in the controls. So it's really disappointing that it exists in this state really i don't even think it should be on switch at all this is the best it can do yeah that's uh yeah it's i I, i'm sad to say that i agree with you uh campbell at this point in time i don't know it's it's a shame we've said it many times in many different ways it is a really solid game who knows maybe if you have like incredible internet or something if you're like you're in the heart of silicon valley you've got that fiber (laughs) that fiber cable is directly plugged into your veins you know whatever it is (laughs) maybe maybe then it's worth it but i think i think the current version as it stands this cloud version and i played it docked campbell you played it on handheld yeah 100 percent handheld yeah so I, i played it on docked and even in docked it was still still not up to par so I don't know. Um, if you're if you are interested in playing Guardians, perhaps look to a a different console uh, versus the cloud version. It's still very much worth it, I think. 
And of course, if you check out Mark's review, you'll be able, you'll see that he is much much of the same mindset. Mm-hmm. But I think we can all agree that the cloud version is safely skipped. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Sadly. Uh, well, <laughs> I guess there goes the, there goes the negativity. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's let's shake off these bad vibes. We're gonna come back and talk about something happy and positive. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. So uh, let's shake off the shake off the negativity a little bit about this disappointing Guardians cloud game and talk about something that we know is a Stone Cold classic. Mark, let's talk about Mario Party Superstars. So what good. Is, it's so good. Oh, it's I'm so back. glad to hear it. It's back, baby. So okay, you're. I would say out of the three of us, you're probably like the resident Mario Party super fan. Um, probably. I played, I've played. I, I've played all the Nintendo 64 ones. Uh, I grew up with the GameCube ones. I absolutely Mm -hmm. love them. Seven is my all-time favorite Mario Party game. I still will think that one still my favorite. I just love the maps and the music and the mini games. But this game, I mean, Mario Party hasn't been good since the GameCube days. That's my opinion. I know people like eight. I, I think eight's a disaster and a mess. I know people sometimes like the 3DS ones. Su- uh, Super Mario Party is all right. I think the boards are absolutely abysmal, but the mini games are fantastic in that one. Mm-hmm. But um, th- this game is finally what Mario Party should be, and it's funny because it, it is Mario Party. Like it's literally just a collection of the the ten mainline entries. It's the you know five boards from the Nintendo 64 game and a hundred mini games across Mario Party one through ten. It's not like ten from each like the top 100. It's literally just like a whole different collection. There's like some get a bit of favoritism, others don't. It, it's really good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's to be expected. It's literally the original Mario Parties on N64 remastered. Which I think that's kind of what everybody was hoping <laughs> yeah wanted so, yeah 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 which if, is which is great if you want your original mario party fix there's nothing else i could really say like this is perfect for you this is exactly what you've waited for if you enjoyed mario party one through seven this is going to be in your positive side of the franchise i can yeah. guarantee it so yeah it's interesting i i haven't i haven't really touched a mario party game i've played the hell out of mario party one for the mm-hmm. n64 i I dabbled in two, never played three, skipped all the GameCube ones. I think I played one of the Wii ones, but I didn't own it. I just, like, you mm-hmm. know, went over to a friend's house, people were playing Mario Party. It's one of those, because I remember doing stuff with the motion controls. Yeah, it was but probably Mario Party 8, I'm guessing. It must have been. I, I, could, yeah. I couldn't tell you. Um, but then, yeah, I, I don't think I've even played the recent Switch one. What's it called? Super Mario Party? Yeah, Super Mario Party. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't even play that one, I don't think. So, yeah, my... my 
I've been jonesing for a good Mario Party experience, you know? <laughs> this it's, is it's it. has been a while. <laughs> this is the one, apparently. It's, it's funny, because this is, like, the one Nintendo franchise where I always have to lug my GameCube or Wii somewhere just so we could play the GameCube ones. Oh, and wow. now it's like, this is it. This is a Mario Party you'll want to play with friends. This awesome. is the one. That's, yeah, that's, that's extremely good to hear. So let me ask you. So, um... They okay because obviously the original Mario Party, you know, the N sixty four ones were ex- pretty bare bones compared to what the series grew into. So the structure is like the same, right? You know, you choose your character, yes. you, Th- you roll dice, you move around. On, yeah, yeah. It's literally based on the Nintendo sixty four games. It doesn't dabble into um, what the Nintendo GameCubes did with like the orb system. It's literally mm. straight up classic Mario Party where you go around a board, you screw over your friends, you can collect skeleton keys to get through different gates. Um, you know, you go on event spaces, chance time is back. It's literally all of that. If you played Mario Party 1, 2, or 3, you know exactly what you're getting into. If you played 4, 5, 6, or 7, actually, maybe 4. But uh, for 5, 6, and 7, if you played those with the orb system, that none of that is, like, here. Nice. And then so, if you played anything after that, for, forget it. <laughs> well, I mean, it well for, for me, like for me, I, for me, that's fine. Like I, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, I prefer my, I prefer my Mario parties, you know, minus mm-hmm. the fluff. So it's like yeah. to me, this when this Mario really Party was sound. more of a board game. That's exactly. It yeah, it was like you know, it was like busting out, um, you know, the game of life or something like that. Like mm-hmm. this kind of like a fun, low key way to to kill an hour at a time, you know, and just and have a, and have a fun time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this sounds like it truly is a a return to form, which is which is interesting because I don't know. It's like do do we want more from Mario Party? Like not really, right? Nope. I that's no. what I've been saying for years. We yeah. don't need more from Mario Party. What we need is more great mini games and maps and just ways to create strategy. And that's where the original seven games thrived. So they were all about strategy and going around this board. It wasn't just like a mindless, you know, like, oh, how many mini games can I get and how many stars? And like, it was nothing like that. It was, had an actual strategy to it. And that's where I think well, the later games lost it. Right. You're saying that you feel like there was like too much like randomness and stuff like that injected. Yeah. Well, the, not even yeah. randomness, like how nine and, and 10 were like in the car, like that was so stupid. And then some of the ways they integrated like mini games and the bonus stars and like the other stuff on the 3DS one was just absolutely ridiculous. But this is like literally straight up Mario Party. It's literally a remaster of the Mario Parties one through three. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'll take it. Uh, do Do you know? So, it's something the original uh, Mario Party games had, like aside from the main couple of boards, is you know it did have some some little additions. There was um, I want to say like Mini Game Island. You know, there's there was like little extra stuff. Yeah, there's do. a there's this thing called Mount Mini Game in this game. Mount Mini, that's right. <laughs> and literally, it's like uh, seven different game modes at a mountain. Uh, there's one that connects to the online system. We'll get to the online later. But it connects to the online. It's like a leaderboard. And then the other ones are like survival, tag team, um, one versus three. It's like a whole bunch of different stuff. The only one out of the seven that's honestly like nobody cares for or nobody will care for is they have this, um, it's like a coin mode. And it's the different coin mini games. And it's who can collect the most coins, which to me is absolutely dumb and kind of disregards the purpose of those mini games. Right. Well, yeah. it changes. So that's that's it, the it only that's the, the only loss yeah. in that. Yeah, 
that's the only loss in that uh, entire mode, in my opinion. But everything else at Mount Minigame is, if you want to play some mini games, it's a great time. Or if you just want to test your skills online, it's also the leaderboard mode is probably, you know, the highlight of the entire thing. So that's interesting. So, because uh, I, I recently played through WarioWare Get It Together, which also has kind of a leaderboard thing going on. So it seems as though Nintendo is very interested in implementing some kind of a leaderboard system to some of their franchises. What uh, what do we what do we make here. of that? It works here for it works well. It, it, it should be in a lot of them. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of good instances where that would work. But the yeah, speaking I, of online, the online in this game works fantastic. Really, that's yeah, a good to it's hear. A, it's it's surprising when you boot up the game. The first thing you get an option if you want to play offline, you can play online or you can play through LAN. That is literally the first option before you even get to see the title screen. And it, it just, everything about it just works. It, it set, you set up a party, you go in with friends. Um, if you don't want to finish your game now, you could save your board and you could save up to like, I think it's like 10 boards at a time or 10 different games you could save and then oh. go back to them with your friends. It's just all so friendly to the player. And if someone like has a laggy internet and they happen to drop out and it's like during a mini game, they won't just like poof out of existence and like go brain dead. Like, no, it gives you a CPU. So like there oh, are, nice. it, it tries to accommodate as best as possible to this ongoing, you know, string of events. And it does a good job at it. And it's actually really impressive by Nintendo's online standards. It does a really good job. That's that's a what a nice a nice thing to hear about an <laughs> online service provided by Nintendo. Only um, thing that sucks, I, no voice chat. You gotta go on Discord or something, because that Nintendo right. voice app is just we've you know talked about it before. I don't think it works. <laughs> that's my opinion yeah. on it. So uh, yeah, so my advice for this game is Open up Discord, put in some headphones, and yeah, and and go from and go from there. Go away from mm. the uh, the the Nintendo app in that in that regard. Did you yes. mess around with the? <laughs> did you mess around with playing with randos at all, or did you just play with people you knew? Uh, no, I messed around mostly with randoms. I oh, messed wow. around with one friend who uh, picked up the game, but so far the rest of my friends were kind of waiting to pick it up for the holiday. So I didn't have too many people to uh, play it with. But yeah, it even with randoms, I mean, it works good. That's yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, it, it feels like sometimes because <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get when when in terms of oh uh, yeah yeah you, know, you never know right yeah you tr- it's like it's such a gamble. Um, but it sounds mm-hmm. like that's that's so far been pretty pretty safe bets so far, which is great. I love it, Campbell. Where where, where do you land on, on Mario Party? I know we've talked about it before, but I'm I'm just curious. I mean, out of the three of us, I'm definitely the least Mario Party familiar, I guess, because the only one I ever played a lot was Mario Party 8 back on the Wii. Um, so I'm sure that disappoints Mark, but I enjoyed it, you know. Um, played it with friends <laughs> no, all the eight's, time. It's, eight's not game. terrible. 8 has a lot of problems, though, because it was at that period where Hudson Soft was leaving Nintendo since they were bought out by Konami, and just that game is just like a mess in itself. And I feel like ND Cube started doing a lot that didn't work with the franchise, and that just carried over into 9, 10, and every single one of those 3DS spinoffs. See, you have the historical context on this. I just saw a fun game when I played it for the first time, so I enjoyed <laughs> yeah, it for I'm, what it Mario was. Party 8's, Mario Party 8's not horrible compared to, at least compared to, you know, 9 and 10. 
Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's the only one I played a lot. I've messed around with Super Mario Party as well, so I'm not like mm-hmm. a huge fan of the series, but I'll say that Mario Party Superstars looks like it's a wonderful celebration of all the games before it. Would you say that maybe for those who haven't played, you know, all the games in the series, would is it like a great place to start out with now? Like is it a great Oh yeah, definitely. Point? No, okay. it's it's literally like a celebration and that literally you know, that sentiment carries over into the entire game. I mean, the hub world is literally Mario Party 1, and the menus uh, are inspired by the early three Mario Party games, and there's even, like, some recreations of stuff. But what's cool is when you enter a board, it gives you, like, a little history rundown of what originally happened on the board. Because the three first Mario Parties kind of had, like, a story to each board. And the one thing that they didn't carry over into this game, which kind of sucks, is, like, the characters were dressed up in costumes... And they had, like, these fun little endings, which those were kind of removed, which is a shame, but it's fine. Interesting. So it sounds like there's actually a bit of, I don't want to say Mario Party lore in here, but trivia for the series. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Nice. That's really cool. Oops, sorry. I was spacing out. Um, It's all good. (laughs) Completely spacing out. Uh, I I did actually have one more question. You you talked a lot about how it's bringing back and remastering so many um, different elements and mini games from the series before. Is there no, anything the that's like substantially new? Back. No. The, the whole game is literally a remaster. There's wow. nothing else about it. Didn't add no new mini games, new, no added no. content? No. Does it There's... need anything like that? My opinion, I think the first three Mario, or first three, I think the first seven Mario parties are so good that I really don't think you need to i think this compilation just works as is the only thing that's a shame is that it has five boards and i think um i think it's 12 characters to play as which is like half the roster of super mario party because super mario party you could play as like a lot of the background enemies and stuff which was a little Mm -hmm. weird but it was cool that it had a larger cast but yeah it is literally a remaster yeah, which, again, as as we've said, I know we're kind of talking in circles here, but it's like, I think that's what a lot of people wanted. Because so, yeah, for me... That's what I wanted, at least, I, and I, I'm happy with it, because now I don't yeah. have to rely on the GameCube if we want to play Mario Party. Right, which is, again, <laughs> Nintendo, please, we're begging you, uh, give us the old <laughs> things that we want instead of mediocre new versions of things. Um, and it sounds yeah. like this is this is the revival of an old thing that people like. So it's like, great, <laughs> let's just stick with that, please. Um, now give us a GameCube one. <laughs> they probably will, right? Like Mario Party Superstars Two or something, right? Like I, I would yeah. imagine. I that, mean, that's what a lot of people towards. are a lot of people are saying online, like, why not do DLC with GameCube and stuff? Because in the game's code, there's like three unused boards, and nobody knows, oh. you know, what they are. But sure. uh, I think we'll have DLC from like the N64 games. But I think GameCube is so out of the question because of how the orb system worked. Because you would literally have to like redo the entire structure of those boards like they relied on the orb system so you can't just take it out otherwise it's like a regular mario party board and there's going to be not really anything special to it and it's just going to change the entire way it worked right so it's like if they're going to redo those you'd have to like stick with those you couldn't just mm-hmm. slap a new coat of paint on it i don't think people will be mad though if they remake mm-hmm. those ones because all the boards mm-hmm. are fantastic and i think they'd work in the regular mario party format but you know, just taking the orb system out of it would definitely uh, hinder their purpose a little. <laughs> so who knows? I mean, we don't know the future of, of what they're planning to do with, with uh, Super Mario Party. Uh, or sorry, not Super Mario Party, but with Mario, Mario Party, Party Superstars. Superstars I, I, yeah. keep, I keep mixing up the names in my head. Mario Party Superstars <laughs> All the is this one. All the supers. It's like, come on. Um, I 
I'm curious if they will fold new boards or mini games or characters or something in with the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack. That would make a lot of sense, but you think so? why would they it do would that? It would make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. But does the Switch Online expansion pack make sense to begin with, though? I think Ooh. that's a better question. Right. Damn, well, damn I mean, cool. again, we still don't... I mean, again, to, to tie it back to what we were talking about last week, we still don't know the full extent of what they have planned for the Switch Online expansion pack. Obviously, Animal Crossing people got that big, fat DLC update to look forward to. The rest of mm-hmm. us, we don't know yet. So, I don't know. It wouldn't... It wouldn't surprise me very much if they folded in content for this kind of a game into that thing. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it would be a natural fit. I mean, from yeah. a personal perspective, I would like it if they folded in DLC for games that I actually own or am a fan of. But <laughs> sure. that's me being a bit selfish right now, I suppose. Right. It would be great if they added in some more boards or characters with the expansion pack. Just adding any kind of additional value to it at this point would be appreciated, honestly. Right. So who knows? We, you know, remains to be seen. Remains to be seen. But in the meantime, definitely check out. Uh, Mark's got a nice ranking of the five uh, and sixty-four boards of Mario Party Superstars up on the Goomba Stomp, and uh, a full review coming later this week. Very so keep, soon. Yes. Imminently, soon. it is imminent. It's it's coming down the pipe. Uh, so stay stay tuned for that as well. We're gonna take one more quick break. Come back to talk about something different, uh, either an indie spotlight or something spooky. So I guess hang tight and uh, we'll decide. Uh, yeah, we'll do that. And we're back, bursting into flames all over here. So, it's uh, about time you're hearing this, Halloween will be over. The Dia de los Muertos will also be over. But it's still spooky times. It's still kind of fall fall vibes, horror vibes, you know? I think some people really like scary things to continue all year round. So we're going to kind of keep that trend going. Because I'm going to talk about a little game called Fatal Frame, Maiden of Black Water. Uh, so you guys both had Wii U's, is that right? We did indeed. Yeah, but I didn't buy this game. <laughs> but neither of you bought this game. Nope. 
Okay, um, interesting. So, and at the frame, time, I'll I'll let you know, Cameron, because I don't know please, if you please. know this. There were bonus outfits in the Wii U edition mm-hmm. of Zelda and, and Zero Suit Samus. Samus. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. We will get to the outfits because it's a, a hilariously incongruous. Uh, portion of this game are are the uh, is the dress up <laughs> segments, uh, but we'll get to that. So, Fatal Frame, Maiden of Blackwater, originally a Wii U exclusive, hence the exclusive Nintendo themed outfits. Unfortunately, not present in this version of the game, this remaster of the game. Even even on the Nintendo Switch, you there's no way to get these uh, the Zero Suit Samus slash um, what's the other one, Zelda? Yep, Zelda. Yeah. So unfortunately, even even on the Switch, you can't get those versions of the game, which is a shame, or those versions of the outfits. Uh, so Fatal Frame is a series originally from the PlayStation 2 days. It was a kind of a different take on a on a horror game. You had your Resident Evils, you had your Silent Hills, and then you had your Fatal Frames, which, unlike being, you know, battling zombies and, and dealing with, with terror, you, you all you have are your wits and a magical camera. And the way you would interact with uh, with ghosts and spirits is by snapping pictures of them, a kind of kind of as if Pokemon Snap, like if the Pokemon were about to attack you, only instead of you know Pokemon being harmless and just kind of hanging out waiting for you to to take pictures of them, these are like malevolent ghosts that are trying to 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 kill you, trying to get you and drag you into the netherworld, and you have to combat them by by basically by hitting a flash and then uh, snapping lots of pictures. As they're, you know, about to suck out your soul, whatever it is they're doing. So, very spooky vibes, and it's been just a blast to play this game. I, I, I never played the original versions. I was always too scared. But I was like, all right, I'm, I'm an adult person now. I could probably handle playing a horror game, you know. <laughs> and here's what I'll say: is I played in the daylight, uh, brightness turned all the way up, and. Uh, <laughs> Still found it one of the most emotionally Damn. upsetting games I've ever played. <laughs> nice. Um, so uh, so unsettling. So um, I think we've all kind of talked about how none of us are really horror game people. Is that right? Yes, indeed. Luigi's Mansion, the Polter Pup. <laughs> Shit myself every time. That's true. That is terrifying. That's about as, as scary as we get around here. So this game... Just it's the the premise of it is so scary. Like it's it's Japanese horror, so it's already like a little bit different than than what we're used to in the you know in in the West. Because Japanese horror is all it's just all about like the, the tragedies that people encounter are often unavoidable. There's often like nobody worth saving. It's often just like yep, uh, this person's gonna uh, this person's going to die, and it's gonna be a tragedy, and uh, that's the end of the story. <laughs> and so this game deals a lot with that. I guess this is a good point to mention, and maybe we could put this up front, uh, Mark, when you're editing. Uh, uh, content warning suicide, I guess, because this game mm-hmm. deals a lot with suicide. Um, you guys familiar with the, um, I don't remember the name of it, but, but that forest in Japan, that the, the famous, uh, or infamous, I should say, suicide oh, yes, forest. Yes, unfortunately, right? yeah. So, so this game. Everyone knows about it because of some, ugh, you know, some knucklehead. Some, uh, some uh, asshole on YouTube. On YouTube. <laughs> oh, geez. So, so this game takes place in a fictional environment called Mount Hikami. And Mount Hikami is based on uh, not necessarily this exact forest, but locations like it. It's kind of got this, uh, in, in the lore of the game, it has kind of a supernatural pull over people who uh, want to 
and their lives. And they, they find themselves drawn to this mountain because in the in the history of the game, it's been the site of many tragedies. And so it has kind of this supernatural um, draw that's that's always summoning people who uh, who are, are dealing with, with suicidal thoughts. So the, the, basically... Everything you're doing in this game, you're constantly your characters are constantly finding themselves like climbing back up this mountain. And it's like as you're playing it, you're like, no, 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 like just don't, just don't go up the mountain. Like you, you don't, don't do it. Like you, you can, you can leave, but of course, you know, in this game they can't because that's that's the the thing. It's 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 got a pull. It's got a hold over them. Uh, it's very, I don't know. It's very spooky. Um, but what kind of made it work for me, like again, I'm I'm like a huge wimp at heart. About the the most I can handle is like PlayStation One Silent Hill, and even then, it's got to be like in a room with the lights yeah, that's on, rough with, for a, me. <laughs> with a with with, and I got to have like a guide in front of me to be like, all right, so I know there's gonna be monsters here, and I can like run around this guy. Like I got to have a map and a guide and the lights on. Um, so part of what made this game kind of work for me is that uh, because it's a Wii U game from, you know, seven or eight years ago, the control scheme is a little bit clunky. Like, your characters move extremely slowly. Even if you're holding down the run button, you're moving pretty slowly. Um, interacting with objects or opening doors or opening drawers to find items. There's a certain, like, mechanical clunkiness to it that kind of like from a meta perspective kind of takes away some of the fear in my mind. I was like, Oh, actually it's not that scary because I know it's going to take like five seconds to, to reach down and slowly pick up this thing. And it's like, just seeing that is kind of a little bit funny. And, uh, I don't know if that speaks to how immersive the game is or not, or how, or how not immersive. I don't, I don't know how you want to frame that, but, um, Something about that was like, okay, well, it's not going to be that scary because I know there's kind of this, like, Wii U era clunkiness to everything that the characters are doing. Um, I don't know. It, it sort of helped me get through the game. Um, the actual, there's nothing wrong with that. The, the actual battling of the ghosts is not that horrifying. Like... The ghosts themselves, the character designs are are really scary, and and the graphics look really good. Like they spent a ton of time on these character models um, on this remaster. It like looks incredible. Uh, if if you look on the on the the Koei Tecmo website, like they all, all the promo material is from the Nintendo Switch version, and it looks unreal. Like for for what the game is, it looks really 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 good. But even then, for how scary these, like, you know, the, the, the classic, like, long-haired, drowned, like, little Japanese girl ghost, there's a lot of those in this game. Um, it's not that horrifying because, like, at the end of the day, you know exactly what you have to do to defeat them. There's not a lot of um, variety in the combat encounters. It's like, yep, all these ghosts are going to be defeated the exact same way, which is you you go into first-person mode with your camera snap a few pictures of them. Uh, if you're if you're lucky, you can kind of line up your shot in such a way that it deals like extra magical damage or something. Um, all the combat encounters are pretty much exactly the same. So it's like part of the terror of something like Silent Hill or Resident Evil is that like you kind of never know what's going to come around the corner. Like you never know when you're going to walk into a room and there's a huge unkillable, you know, nemesis or something or like, you know, pyramid head who it's just like, this guy can kill me in one hit. It's like in fatal frame, 
like yeah there's gonna be ghosts but you always interact with them the same way so it's like the, the, again kind of from a meta perspective it's like all right even though there's a lot of different ghosts or like this time the ghosts are little children and which is extra creepy it's like you're still gonna deal with them the same way does that make sense you know so it's like <laughs> yeah, it it's sense. never it's never like overwhelmingly scary so for, for me it was just the right level of um of being being spooked um and the if you other got part through, of Cameron, then that makes me want to pick this. No, thing it's up. it's honestly that means I it's, can probably get through. Yeah, it. <laughs> I like I did enjoy it because again the the lore is really fascinating. Like to me, the the scariest kind of thing is this kind of thing where it's like it, it's not you know it's not like oh there's a zombie it's gonna eat me. It's like there is a a psychological weight that's weighing on you. And you can't do anything about it, and that really gets under that to me gets under my skin more than like oh there's a monster or something like that. It's like the the uh, you know there's like this kind of generational trauma happening to these characters you know who who grew up near this mountain and they've always been like oh, there's something off and I don't know what it is. And it's like no because you grew up next to the haunted mountain, you guys like come on. Like, <laughs> so I don't know the, the the world building is pretty cool. Um, I, it's it's really interesting, and it's great to the the producer of this game has said like wow this if this game does really well like maybe we can make more Fatal Frame games because as it stands Maiden of Black Water for the Wii U was the last Fatal Frame game after I don't know four or five of them previously so it's like mm-hmm. I, it's one of those series that you know it's it's got its fans but it never achieved the success of Resident Evil um, or other you know other other big horror franchises but it's like oh it would be cool to see a new one of these that, that really takes advantage of modern systems. As it stands, this is a great remaster and I'm really enjoying it so far, but I would love to see where they take it even further. Cause you could, you could easily see like, okay, what, what would a modern control scheme look? That's not so clunky. Like it would be so much scarier and so much more immersive as it stands. This one, like, because it's a little bit of a dated, like, cause they didn't super update, um, how you move about through the world and how you take the pictures and stuff like that. If you could see, you could see the parts where they can improve and make it feel more modern and, and scarier. So I would be curious to see if, if this game does really well and if they continue to, to make more games of this franchise, I'd be very interested in that in the future. Mm-hmm. So I guess, I don't know, I guess give it a few months and uh, we'll see what Koei Tecmo says. But uh, as it stands, I, I really am enjoying uh, and, and Fatal Frame, Maiden of Blackwater. And <laughs> you mentioned the outfits earlier. Um, one thing that is kind of funny that I forgot about, that this was from Fatal Frame. So obviously it's a, it's a, it's a emotionally kind of dark game. You're dealing with thoughts of suicide. You're dealing with um, people getting drawn to this mountain and, and either killing themselves or luring other people to this mountain to, to kill themselves. But in the same breath, um, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of like you kind of roll your eyes at. Like every time you beat a a level, they call them drops. Every time you finish a drop, you get points based on how many items you used or how well the pictures you took came out or, you know, how many ghosts you defeated, all that kind of stuff. And you can spend those points on uh, either upgrades for your camera, upgrades for your equipment to deal more damage or, or you know, load film in faster you know, buy more items for healing and stuff like that. Or you can spend your points on unlockable outfits. And uh, these outfits are both hilarious and kind of uh, kind of 
<laughs> a little bit cringy, um, if I'm allowed to use the word cringy as a 32-year-old. Um, no, no, you're not, actually. <laughs> Sorry, that's like, reserved for Gen Zs. Okay. That's fair. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, but it's it's like, so you're, this game is called Maiden of Black Water, because the titular Maiden of Black Water is a, is a shrine maiden who is who is drowned. And she like floats up out of the water, and she's like dripping wet, and all you know, her skin's all like rotty and gross, very terrifying. So as a result, you know, your protagonist, you have three protagonists. There's two two young women and one well, one young guy. So these guys are always like running around through water and like rain and waterfalls. Like water is a huge theme of the game. So your characters are constantly like drenched, and you can imagine where I'm going with this. Some of the outfits you can unlock are like swimsuits, triathlon outfit, like stuff like this triathlon oh, outfit. <laughs> You're right. So it's like, so it's like, oh my God, I'm being chased by this horrifying, you know, water ghost who wants to drag me into the depths. And also I look real good doing it because I'm wearing a bathing suit. It's like, all right, guys, like, what are we? Any, any, any terror is like immediately undercut by the fact that you can dress up your characters in funny outfits. Um, it's just, it's just kind of a funny, uh, a funny thing that I forgot was mm-hmm. from this game. Um, cause for, for how, for how much this game is, you know, trying to, to be a, a pretty scary story, it's also has this other side of it. that's like, okay. And also if you just want to like ogle people in outfits, you can do that too. <laughs> this is kind of an interesting thing. So it has uh, everything it's a trend, you ever want. You know? It's kind of a trend, I guess, but it's just funny that it's, um, you can access it immediately. You don't have to like beat mm-hmm. the game first or anything like that, you know? Which I, I found kind of funny, like because yeah, you're right in in stuff like Resident Evil, like yeah, obviously that's a huge part of it. You, you unlock different outfits, but usually that's reserved for like your second or third playthrough. And this one, it's like nah, right from the start, like go nuts, go go unlock some outfits, have fun. Um, so, I, I don't mean, know, it's, it's just to kind make of, kind of funny to make it make sense in the lore of the game. I guess you could say if there's so much water involved, you know, it makes sense to wear a bathing suit or to wear a two piece or whatever because you know you're gonna oh, be course, in the water. Yeah. You know, just be ready. Get, into yeah, the lake, fine. maybe. Like the, yeah. I'm, I am, I'm always exploring a haunted mountain in a in a two piece bathing suit and a pair of heels. Like, yeah, that's what I'm always doing. That's is, how I spent my uh, summer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that not normal? Like, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Um, it's it's a good game. I I hope it does well. I'm so curious to see where they if and uh, if and where they take this franchise. Um, mm-hmm. And it's fun to play something that's because like uh, truthfully, I like can't play like Resident Evil 7 or any of those like big, big budget like horror games just cuz they're like they're, they're just too gosh darn scary. Something about playing a a horror game is different than watching a horror movie. I'll watch a scary scary movie all day. Like that's fine. But like playing a game something about it is just maybe it's the immersion or something. It's just like who like it just really is like I can't do it for for too long of a period at a time. But I found this 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 particular Fatal Frame game to be uh scary but not too scary. Uh, fun, but not too taxing. It's it's great. It's and I think it's a perfect introduction to people who miss the first. You know, if you you know perhaps younger younger audience uh, listeners, because I know this the series is a little bit older. So it's like if you want to experience a a great remaster of an older series, this is a great place to start. And if you like it, you know maybe you dig up a PS2 or something and and play some of the other ones. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's been really enjoyable. I'm enjoying it a lot. Um. Yeah, I don't know if I'll get like the platinum trophy or you know un- unlock every costume or unlock all the extra things that are available to unlock, but I've been mm-hmm. you know I've been enjoying it for what it is. Um, nice. yeah. yeah. So I don't know. And again, I don't. I don't think. I think it'll. 
Oh, shoot, I should probably mention the uh, the gyro stuff because this game's on Switch, so you can you can hold up if you're playing in handheld mode, you can hold the Switch as if it's a camera, which is really cool. Um, like if you, I don't know if you guys have, I can't remember who we talked about with Pokemon Snap with. It was it Marty? Um, but yeah, like one of the one, one, yep. yeah, one of the cool things you can do with with uh, with new Pokemon Snap is kind of aim the Switch around like it's a camera, and this game does that too, which is which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, That's definitely playing, something from the Wii U. Exactly, yeah. it's got to be yeah. something from the Wii U. It's like it's it's kind of neat, and uh, you know, Xbox players you can't get that. PlayStation the the dual if you play it on PlayStation Five at least the the Dual Sense has gyro control, so that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But it's it's neat to see it on Switch and kind of like swing the camera around, snapping pictures. Um, a very cool feature that I'm that I'm glad is, is making a return. So who knows if if they make this game like specifically with the Switch in mind or specifically with the the PlayStation Five controller in mind? I w- I'd be curious to see what they come up with for like a modern uh, Fatal Frame game. Yeah, that's really um, cool. That's I was yeah. going to ask about that because. I didn't play Fatal Frame back on the Wii U, but what I knew of it was that was one of the like five games to actually use the gamepad in a creative yeah. way that makes sense for the game. So it's good to hear that they kind of translated that control scheme in a way to modern hardware. Yeah, well, and it's interesting. When I was doing my research for, for writing the review for this game, um, I guess they did a similar thing with a Wii, a Wii version. Um, I can't remember the, the title of the Wii Fatal Frame. I believe Crimson it was like Mask Butter- of the Lunar Eclipse, something, like, something that. like that. Crimson Butle- Butterfly, or, or or something like that. Um, hmm, okay. But there, there there's a Wii Fatal Frame game, and that also uses motion control. So it's like clearly Koei Tecmo is like, oh, we we like the idea of motion controls and Fatal Frame together. So it's like it would be oh, it would be awesome to see like, you know, an exclusive uh, Switch version of the game or something like that. So I don't know. It's uh, it's great. If you if you're if this intrigues you at all, I, I do recommend checking it out because it's 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 really cool. And uh, to to revive this franchise, uh, you know, it could be it could be great. So I don't know. I, I I do recommend it. And you can check out. I wrote a little review of it um, for the site. So do do check that out as well. It's over on over on Goomba Stomp. Uh, th- that being that uh, wrapping wrapping up that portion, I guess. Is there anything else we gotta kind of talk about it here? I, I think we I think we about about covered all the things. Any questions you guys have about uh, this this particular Fatal Frame game? I definitely want to get it. I'm sad there's no uh, physical copy though. It is digital only, which surprised me. Yeah. Well, the series um, has always been uh, in a bit of hot water, you know. Sure. Yeah, it's just one of those kind of very niche uh, franchises. Mm-hmm. Um, like for for as much as people love horror games, they're not always you know the biggest sellers unless it's Resident Evil, you know. So it's it's understandable that they would try to cut costs where they can, and I guess in this particular instance, a digital only version is the thing that made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, you can only only download this game, but it's still worth it. And it's 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 one of those things where it'll you know, if you're worried about paying you know forty or fifty bucks for it on Switch, you can definitely wait. It'll it'll go on sale. I have no doubt. You know, probably most card yeah. tech games do. Yeah. Right. I was gonna say it's they don't they don't always remain at full price. It's not like it's a first-party Nintendo game or something, so it'll, it'll probably go down. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's another Wii U game that is now on Switch. That's right. <laughs> narrowing <laughs> narrowing the list of ports mm-hmm. even further. Another, so, yeah. another, you know, shove with the shovel, more dirt on the cover <laughs> of the Wii U. 
I was going to say another step closer to Xenoblade Chronicles X coming to the system. Oh, yeah. Please. Oh, incredible. Give us, give us uh, Yoshi's Wooly World. That's the one I want. That's, oh, that's what need, I want, man. Why do you need yeah. Wooly World when you have Crafted World? It's just uh, as good. It's not. No, it's <laughs> not. It's not. It's not. Get out of here. And we should say it. Uh, I think let's call it there. So you can... Uh, oh, God. How do, we, how do we end the show? I say, I've been your host, Cameron Daxon. You can find some of my writing. <laughs> Actually, Very like, smooth. Find the words. You can find some of my writing over on Goomba Stomp. Uh, most recently, I wrote about Inscription, uh, an indie game from Devolver that I super, super loved, and this Fatal Frame game, Maiden of Black Water, which I also very much enjoyed. So you can check that out over on Goomba Stomp. I am also on Twitter, at Action Daxon. And Mark, where can people find you on the internet? Find me at the Markel. That, of course, is Mark with the C, Cal with the K. You can find all my coverage for Guardians of the Galaxy upon Goomba Stomp. I have all that currently. I have a ranking for the uh, Mario Party board. So if you want to know which one is the best from like a in-depth view, uh, you can check that out. I'll have a review later this week. I don't know if it'll be up, if it'll, uh, be up by the time the podcast is up, but uh, it'll be there. There you go. And uh, Mark, you'll, you've also got uh, your, your Pikmin Bloom impressions as well. Yes, and uh, my Pikmin Bloom impressions. And I have a, uh, we didn't get to talk about it at all anytime soon, but uh, a review for Hideo Kojima's The Creative Gene, which is a fantastic ooh. book. Yeah. Very uh, interested to hear your thoughts on that. What, a, what an interesting guy. And uh, I'm sure his, his biography, is, is it an autobiography or a biography? Did he, did he write it? Uh, yeah, he did write it. It's like a collection gotcha. of essays about his favorite uh, pieces of pop culture. It's really interesting. That's rad. I love it. So yeah, can't wait to read uh, your thoughts on that, Mark. And uh, Campbell, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Campbell S. Gill, uppercase CSG. And if you want to read my games writing, you can find every single article I've written over at GoombaStomp.com. Most recent pieces I have are a list of the six best Sega Genesis games you should play on the Switch Online Expansion Pack if you're hoping to justify wasting $50 on that. And Ooh. I also have a review of Tetris Effect Connected and an indie game spotlight from a little while ago as well. And please stay tuned because I've got an indie snippet, a quick little review of a lovely little beaten beat up called Tunche, so keep an eye out for that. I, I'm so curious to hear what you think about Tunche, but you'll have to we'll have to stay tuned until next week to hear about that. Well, I'm sure we'll do a little spotlight then. Um incredible. So yeah, make sure you check out Campbell's writing over there. Lots of good stuff there. And of course, N Express is also on Twitter as well. We are at N Express Nintendo. Make sure you follow us. That's always good. And then we are on YouTube too, N Express Nintendo Podcast, and of course available to download on the podcast platform of your choice. Podbean, Apple Podcasts, you know, Spotify, all of them. They're, we're, we're on there. So make sure you rate and review us. More engagement always helps drive uh, more people to the show. So keep that up. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye.